You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. I assume you're not from here. I'm not really from anywhere. My father was a pro racer. Always going from one system to the next. Sounds like the life of a salvager. So, is that what you want to be? A racer? Well, I was working my way up the circuit, and there was a race, and I needed credits for repairs, so I had to borrow against my ship. Lost the race, lost my ship, so here I am. <laughs> Working as a mechanic until I have enough to buy another racer. Seems we both want the same thing, more than what life has offered us. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors and fantastic creatures legends so great you won't believe them but it's true all of it so what are you waiting for strap in and get ready to make the jump with rebel cells the star wars animation podcast Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode Sinara's Score. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, Mike and Star Wars fans? Good to be back again this week. Always fun talking Star Wars, and yeah. even even when you're a little under the weather, Mike, you can still <laughs> Star Wars, right? I, I gotta like it. look. It's uh, the the people <laughs> expect this, right? That's uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, we got um, obviously actually some some resistance news. But before we yeah. uh, jump into that, Mike, just one thing I want to get your take on real quick. Sure. Um, we got a couple of uh, casting announcements. Uh, it was rumored that, uh, you know, we'd love to talk about Star Wars, too, in this podcast. If you're if you're new to the show. Um, but like I said, we'll get to the resistance stuff. But um, so the Mandalorian it got a couple new cast members. Yeah. looks like confirmed. Um, we thought that. Uh, shoot, why am I drawing a blank on his name all of a sudden? I hate when I do that. Uh, Pedro Pascal. I'm sorry. So Pedro Pascal, uh, rumored to be, or it looks like he was uh, actually brought out as the star of the show, The Mandalorian. Um, I've seen this guy uh, in in a few things. Uh, most notably for me, I thought he was fantastic in the Netflix series uh, Narcos. Mm-hmm. He was in the first two seasons of that, really heavily uh, on the second season, um, but in the first season as well. Uh, actually, I think it might even be three seasons. Um, yeah, it's actually three seasons that he was in. The first two was him and him and his uh, partner, and then the third season was kind of, I think, if I remember right, mostly 
about him. But in, in any event, uh, really great actor. Uh, he's been in a, a couple of things. Obviously, he's the Viper in Game of Thrones for all of us Game of Thrones fans. We've seen him. We've we've known his ability to uh, wield the spear in, in that particular show. Uh, yeah. But I'll just leave it with that. Um, and then he's been in a couple of new things that I've seen recently. Uh, most uh, most recent was uh, The Equalizer 2. He was in that with Denzel Washington. Okay. So this uh, this guy's a pretty prominent. Uh, he's starting to get a lot more things. Um, I'm pretty excited about this. And for me, this kind of cemented the fact that this particular show, um, not that I really thought it was going to go this route, but this particular show is going to feature uh, The Mandalorian without the helmet on many mm-hmm. times. Uh, you know, you could think... Uh, your first thought of the Mandalorian was, oh, is it going to be just him in a mask or the helmet? And will they ever take the helmet off? I think we know now with this kind of an actor that he's going to be out of the helmet quite a bit. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's another <clears throat> of this uh, Gina Carano, who was in uh, most notably lately in uh, Deadpool 2. Uh, don't really know much about her. I don't, I don't think she's, you know, whatever. It's fine. Um, there's been some bizarre other casting like. I also heard um, Carl Weathers, I think, is the other that, one. Yeah, that was a rumor that was going around. Rumor, so I don't know about yeah. those, but in any event, what do you think, Mike, about uh, Pedro Pascal coming um, in? Yeah, we yeah I mean, we, yeah. yeah, we haven't gotten an official um, announcement from Lucasfilm, so you got to kind of take it with a bit of a grain of salt. But if Variety is reporting it, then it's pretty – that's pretty, pretty confirmed. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know – necessarily who he's playing we know he's playing a main character we don't know if he is the title character um that said i mean like it's a pretty smart move it's a pretty it's a pretty safe bet that he is um uh, i'm pretty confident in saying that 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 makes a lot of sense i love the actor um i most mostly know him from uh game of thrones but he was also um he was in the Kingsman, I think. Kingsman, that's right. Kingsman too, and he Kingsman. was great in that. Um, he's just—I uh, don't know—I just think that Pedro Pascal is a great. He's just got a great presence, a really good charisma. So um, yeah. he is definitely the type of actor that you want to carry your show. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what we see when we see it, but it's going to be a while. I mean, like that announcement last week about Disney Plus and the Cassian Andor show, and the fact that Disney Plus is not going to be until late. 2019 you know uh it's gonna be a minute you know we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna be watching the mandalorian anytime soon um yeah. resistance is really gonna be it for a while um yeah. the first i'm willing to bet the first real good look we're gonna get at this show is gonna be at star wars celebration and and people at star wars celebration might get the opportunity to see a little bit more than us but uh, uh, more than the the average uh, uh, Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. but even then, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think I think that's going to mostly be focused on Episode Nine, but uh, but obviously, there's a lot of other stuff to to talk about. You know, um, yeah. there's. I mean, it is five days, and now we know why Celebration is five days because they have two live action series, two animated series. Well, two and yeah. a half because I don't know. I don't know what the plan going forward with Star Wars All-Stars is. I mean, it'll have all aired by then. But um, I'm sure that there will be a panel or two about it. Um, and then uh, and then, and then, then at least one movie to talk about. And I expect that we're going to hear what the plan is 
for future movies at Star Wars Celebration. So, um, they've got a lot to cover, but they have a, they've added an extra day in order to cover it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, like so many of these things, we will just have to wait and see. I like yeah. these. I like this casting news. It's great casting news. Even Carl Weathers. I mean, I think that that's fantastic. Um, I love Carl Weathers. I, like I love him from back in the eighties, and I love him even yeah. from Arrested Development in the in the the two thousands. And uh, I, I don't know. I think that Carl Weathers' uh, greatest role is uh, in Happy Gilmore. But uh, <laughs> that's funny. You go here. Here I'm thinking you're going. Oh, he's going to say either Apollo Creed or even his his stint uh, in the Predator uh, opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger. But you went for the. The classic uh, Happy yeah. Gilmore. Love it. Love that. Happy Gilmore yeah. Stubbs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. So I don't know. Like I like I'm 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 all for it. I I just want to see something. I want to see some real stuff. Um, but that said, that said, I'm gonna take everything that I've said the last few weeks and I'm gonna rein it back in. This week's episode of Resistance was great. It was a really good episode. Um, following last week's episode even better because now we have an actual storyline that's progressing week by week. Um, and, I, and Kaz, although he was still Kaz, was not yeah. as I mean, Kaz as he's been. So, um, yeah, like we are progressing towards a great show, I think. Um, it's just, you know, it's taking a very long time to get there. But I do believe that it's going to. I think that... Uh, I think there's something there's something here. We're just we're just kind of waiting around to figure out what it's going to be, but um, but but this week's episode was great. So even though we're waiting for for Clone Wars, Mandalorian, Episode Nine, Cassian Andor, we're waiting for all this stuff. Um, we've got Resistance, and it's building every week. It's getting better and better. Um, I still have a few key criticisms about this week's episode, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Sure. Well, speaking of speaking of the resistance, uh, we'll yeah. finish out the news with uh, we kind of got our slate for the rest of this year. Um, looks like we're kind of on the last couple episodes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like uh, the second of December and the ninth of December are the last two episodes uh, of this year. We'll get uh, I guess our normal uh, break for the uh, for yeah. the winter that we've seen with other animated series. So this is no surprise. But um, coming up on December second. It's called Secrets and Holograms. Uh, this one is uh, when it. This is a spoiler, so if you guys don't want to know what's going on, when a determined Kaz tries to discover the truth about Captain Doza, he and Tora embark on an adventure where they uncover more about the tower than either bargained for. So uh, Elijah Wood uh, as um, hype, not hype phase. He was uh, Rucklin. He's coming back, and then hype phase and Don. Uh, hype phase is coming back as well. Um, Mike, on December 9th, I guess mm-hmm. that's last one for this year, um, Station Theta Black. Uh, when Poe and Kaz find an, uh, an old First Order mining facility, BB-8 discovers the facility isn't uh, isn't so abandoned. So we're going to have Captain Phasma and Poe coming back to kind of finish out this year and this first half yeah. of Star Wars. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you, uh I'm sure you're looking forward, especially when Poe's coming back, right? Always, 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 always good when Poe is showing up. But, uh, yeah, um, uh, definitely a mid-season finale when you've got both Poe and 
Captain Phasma showing up in the same episode. Um, yeah, and this First Order mining facility, mm, it, this is going to have to do with Starkiller Base, obviously, right? Uh, they're they're going to be mining raw materials for, for Starkiller. So um, we're getting closer and closer to The Force Awakens with every episode. Um, even one of the things they mentioned at the beginning of this episode is that it's been a little while since Sinara got to the Colossus. So yeah. these episodes, like, like they're, they are not, um, it's not playing out week by week. Uh, it's, it's, it's taking uh, like jumps in time. And I think right. one of the most notable things there is that Kaz is much more comfortable as a mechanic in this episode. So I feel like we've gotten a little bit of a time jump of at least a couple of weeks um, since Sinara showed up. Right. So yeah, it's, I, I, you know, we've got that six month gap to fill until the force awakens, but it could fill faster than we think um, mm-hmm. if they keep this pace up. So yeah. Um, I'm really excited about both of these episodes. I think that uh, I, you know, Jace Ruckland coming back is interesting. Um, always down for hype phase on. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean like the next few weeks seem to be pretty solid in terms of, of episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And yeah, like you said uh, just a minute ago about this episode, definitely that story element where this feels like a two parter, uh, yeah. Even though, like you said, definitely that that time jump. Uh, not we don't know exactly what it is, but I think you're right. It's got to be at least at least a couple of weeks, if not more, because yeah. of where Kaz, uh, where uh, Sonara is. Uh, so, uh, anything else before we just dive right in? No, let's jump? get into the episode. Let's talk about this one. This is a good All one right, to talk about. <clears throat> Calculate the jump, Chop. <laughs> my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. Alrighty, so we got a sonar score written by Gavin Hynight, uh, directed by Justin Ridge and Bosco Ng. Uh, Mike, I will go ahead and start it off yeah. here. Doza is worried the Colossus's air defense weapons are inoperable, making the platform vulnerable. Yeager's team works to restore the turbolasers, but a rare chip is needed, and they need to keep this job top secret. Um, go ahead, Mike. If you want to continue, we'll, we'll kind of sure. wrap up the whole first thing. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Unable to secure, to secure the part from Flix and Orca, Kaz and Tam visit Sinara. She finds one, uh, though the pair is evasive when asked why they need the chip. Sonara, a secret pirate spy, is suspicious. So this kind of sets up the premise for our episode, right? Um, the, the, the Colossus defenses are down. Um, Yeager's crew is, is working on a patch, working on a repair. 
Um, but uh, uh, this is the perfect time for the pirates to strike, and right. uh, they're trying to keep this under wraps, um, especially since the 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 aces are going to be ordered away from right. the colossus uh, pretty soon. So yeah, it's uh, it, it kind of perilous, but um, I. It's yeah. a it's an interesting setup for Sonara to see where she lies. <clears throat> yeah, I noticed one of the things too about Doza. Um, he was uh, one of the comments he makes is uh, the pirate. Their strategies are are changing, and uh, he talks about how they're better equipped. They have more more resources, and you know obviously this is the first order influence. Uh, coming into, into effect here, um, with them, I don't know, kind of getting, kind of slowly working their way into this, into this thing, Mike. So um, that was kind of the interesting thing with Doza for me, uh, is just like, man, where's he, where's he going to end up? How, where's his, um, loyalties and, and all that going to finally turn out? And, and I don't know if that's something that they're going to address, mm-hmm. This season, um, maybe so. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe more at, at, towards the end of this, these last two we were to talk about. I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens. But it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like Doza is more interested in keeping the Colossus safe than he is in picking sides. He doesn't care where the protection comes from. He just cares that that everybody is safe. Um, mm. I just – he doesn't – he doesn't realize that he's being played at the moment, mm. right? And this is where – to me, the series is starting to get interesting is where we're seeing um, this aspect. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, this aspect of the First Order using this pirate gang to manipulate Doza uh, into basically paying them for protection. It's, it's essentially racketeering, that, uh, but uh, it's some clever racketeering because Doza doesn't even know that he's being... Uh, uh, not set up, but somewhat like uh, just sort of um, uh, uh, tricked into believing that uh, that the first order will provide protection, because obviously they just want it as a staging platform, right? So, right. Well, the, another thing you mentioned earlier too is, I, I think this episode, what kind of made it stand out a little bit more was, I know in the past <clears throat> we talked, man, we just we can't get away from Kaz every single episode, and although this does have Kaz, and I think this one started to highlight a couple of the other uh, characters, Tam and uh, Sinara, and kind of like their bond sort of that kind of starts here and, mm-hmm. and how they share some stuff, and we'll get to that here in a second. But this episode definitely, uh, I think, highlighted those two, uh, and we kind of got away from a little bit from from Kaz and let some of the other characters kind of kind of yeah. shine. So it's kind of cool to see that. Um I will. Let's, I'll just continue here. Sonara contacts Kragen Gore, the pirate gang leader, and informs him that something is wrong with the Colossus's weapons system. If the Aces leave, the platform will be defenseless. So, so obviously, Sonara she th- she finds out the cannons are down and the Aces are going to be gone. It's like, oh man, it's time to cut. Con- in this time jump, you're trying. You're wondering, okay, what? She's obviously, and we don't see it um, play out in, because it's a time jump. But obviously, she has some kind of, somewhat of a relationship with this with this new crew, you know, Kaz and them. Um, but she's still at this point uh, working with with the pirates and kind of being that spy. But you obviously you see the cracks in this 
in this uh, loyalty uh, break in this particular episode. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, she's she's she kind of has all the information that Cragen knows, Mike. It's time to bombard. She says <laughs> the aces are going to be gone is the big thing, right? I mean, once the aces are gone, uh, like they said, this this place is defenseless. I mean, there's not much yeah. they can, and you'll see that in the, in the attack here. But uh, anyway, you know, uh, anything else, Mike? You want to continue? No, uh, let's let's continue. I. <clears throat> Let's see. Looking to gleam more information, Sonara visits Jaeger's garage. She offers the crew some spare parts for free while taking note of their current jobs. This is where she figures out what they're up to, um, and then uh, and then plans to report this back to uh, right. to Kragen and the pirates. There you go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's funny too. You know, they, they try to, uh, you know, obviously they still not quite trust her yet. Um, they're yeah. trying to hide. They, they call it, I think they call it like a food steamer for, for Jaeger or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. But yeah, this is the this is actually the point where she contacts uh, Craig and, and lets him know what the heck is going on. So um, Tam invites Sonara to get some food. Tam talks about her past, how her father was a racer, and she had hoped to be one too, but it didn't work out. Uh, seems we both want the same thing, Sonara says, more than what life has offered us. Suddenly, the aces... Launch. So this is like obviously what I was talking about. Um, this kind of little exposition on on Tam. Uh, she was working her way up the circuit, Mike. Uh, the, obviously the the races here. Um, she borrowed. So what she did was she borrowed credit against her ship, uh, and then loses. Um, then she loses her ship because she put her ship up for part of it, right? And she. This is how she kind of wound up on the uh, Colossus, but. All that was kind of highlighted with this bond that was starting between uh, Tam and and Sonara, and it's and it's obviously not as um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like this is like a kid show, so it, it was kind of like a bond that was kind of formed really quickly. I think this was if this was in some Rebels or something, you'd probably see it expand a little a little more. But yeah. it did what it had to do. You got this bond <clears throat> and some information behind. Uh, where Tam is and why she is kind of on the Colossus at this point, Mike. So um, I don't know. Any, any Anything to claim from that, Mike? Anything else? No, I mean, I think you got it. Like it's uh, – um, there's definitely a bond developing between those two characters. We'll see, we'll see where that goes. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of weakening Sainara's armor a little bit. Um, I right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of reserving a bit of judgment until we see some more from this character um, mm-hmm. and from this plot line. But um, I, it's funny. The rest of the pirates ha- are covered in Imperial gear. They're uh, pretty nefarious looking. They're alien species that are, let's call them more alien uh, than, uh, than Sonara. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just funny that the one, the one pirate that they take onto their ship is onto the Colossus is the one that um, just happens to be a, a, a fairly, you know, attractive, um, personable uh, per, uh, individual, right? Like, like what would have happened if they would have cracked that crate open and it would have been a Trandoshan in there, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I think that there's something interesting there to, to sort of discuss, but I think that I think we need to see a little bit more before we talk about that um we need to see where where some of these relationships develop and where some of these characters end up well that's what i was going to ask you about the relationship do you think there's a slight um uh something going between maybe uh 
Sonara and uh, Kaz or anybody. I mean, I don't know if they were trying to to point that out there because he was kind of goofy around her a little bit and and almost one of those like you know one of those shy goofy teenagers when they're around somebody they like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you got any of that from him. I, you know, yes, I did. And, and the reason why it's not notable to me is because it's obviously very one-sided. Um, mm. yeah. I, I actually, like one of the things that I'm kind of being, uh, I'm being a little bit coy about is that there's a, <clears throat> there's more of a connection between Tam and Sonara yeah. than there think- is between Kaz and Sonara. And, and that to me, I'm not sure what direction that they want to go with that, but, um, you know, I, I, they could go a myriad different places. Um, and I'd kind of like to see them explore something. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic, romantic, cause we're talking about star Wars where, um, yeah. that's not really, we've talked about this before, right? Like that's not really the way that star Wars works. It's not, um, obviously Han and Leia's story is the exception. Well, I guess Anakin and Padme as well, but um, but when we talk about the sequel trilogy and everybody talking about like oh Raylo or Finn and Rose or whatever, it's like they these people can can have um, uh, love and admiration for one another without it needing to necessarily be romantic. That right. said, there's a little bit of a <clears throat> I don't know that it could it could be sort of like a burgeoning something there but at the same time that might be sort of wishful thinking um and reading into it for people who want to see more inclusiveness in star wars um and i think that for a children's show the way that that this is structured i don't think that they'll go there um but uh but it is interesting to see the characters that they're putting together the one thing that i find um a bit a bit weird about that is that like this show has focused so much on male characters at this point and it's like the their the ratio of male to female characters on resistance is uh it's a skew <laughs> just a little bit um yeah. as it usually is in star wars it's definitely a step in a better direction than than past stuff but even still i mean on the fireball crew we have uh, a token female character um they're a little bit better in the diversity department as we have uh, an, an asian character and and then two uh african-american characters uh, i should say asian american i guess for cats but right um but i i yeah like like in terms of, of the Colossus overall. And sometimes this is a, this is a virtue of star Wars being in a galaxy far, far away where, where we don't have, um, especially in, in resistance, we have a, we have a setting that is very alien heavy. So, um, there are some moments where it might appear that it's, it's mostly male or that characters are, are male coded is, is the, the term for it when when it's a character that might not necessarily that could be either but we don't know um there are definitely more characters that are male coded than than female coded when it comes to the aliens and droids and and whatnot but um but what i think one of the interesting things is that we do have a, a, a one character who's made a couple of appearances and makes an appearance in this episode and it's the the weird old 
alien woman that that when oh. Kaz is like, oh, I don't I, like I, I got nobody wants me around, and she's like, oh, you could come live with me. Um, and the only reason that you know that that character is female, I because I didn't catch that when I was watching that episode. That was like the third or fourth episode, I think. Um, it came from the behind the scenes stuff that that told us that oh that's she's kind of like a weird old woman um and she's kind of being a little bit weird and creepy which is funny i love that but it's just funny that that this character that is supposed to be uh an alien coded uh female uh character it's like it's so not apparent um and and it sort of i don't know like there's a lot of different aspects to this conversation where it's like should it be apparent should it be overt because there's also sort of like the miss pac-man effect of taking a male character and slapping a bow and eyelashes on it or uh, lipstick or putting it in a dress to to say hey everybody this is a woman um (laughs) when when obviously our 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 female characters in star wars tend to be much more complex than that um, like like Leia and Padme and and Ray, um, you know, like that's that. There's a bit of a of a tradition in Star Wars of of the women being kind of hard to pin down in that respect. So <clears throat> it's a I don't know. It's an interesting conversation to have, but I feel like it's a little bit premature to start judging too much. I think. I think the show needs to do a better job of storytelling overall before I start personally picking it apart for um, uh, inclusivity and and uh, and and you know sort of these uh, um, I don't know what the term is for it, but sort of the the huh, reality that they're building. Um, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time. Yeah, putting this together, but I think you guys know what I'm driving at, right? Like, obviously, we've talked about this a lot. We talked about this a lot during Rebels, um, and we've talked about this a lot since the 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 sequels started coming out. Um, the The planet that we live on, Earth, that is uh, populated with human beings, is much more diverse than Hollywood sometimes wants to represent, and. Uh, and Star Wars seems to be making more of an effort to represent that diversity, but at the same time, um, you know, like it's as as far as it's come, how much further does it need to go? Is sort of a it's sort of an interesting question. It's interesting oh, yeah. conversation to have, right? But um, but like I said, uh, to me, it's much more important to me that they nail some of these stories and the storytelling beats better before I start digging into whether or not the show is um, inclusive or, or I, or treating, you know, uh, different segments of the audience appropriately. Um, I, I don't think that it's treating a lot of the audience appropriately at the moment because it's not really, it's just not really telling a great story. Um, Mm. I can't read into subtlety and nuance because there's not a lot of subtlety and nuance in the show. No. Right. It's everything's been pretty overt. So to me, it's like, I want to see stuff there. I want to know that, that the, the people behind the scenes are, are making these efforts, 
but um, it's hard to it's hard to know what's an intentional effort and what's an accident when so much of the storytelling is kind of haphazard as it is. Um, mm. And, and, you know, I, so I don't know, like, I just, I know that there's a lot of people online right now kind of talking about this stuff um, with this episode in particular. And, uh, and, and so like, I definitely want to get into that conversation, but I want to, I want to make sure that we have all of the information before we do. And I also don't want to, uh, I don't want the two of us to mansplain, <laughs> you know, uh, the current situation. Um, so I don't know, like, this is probably a good instance where, where we could bring in, uh, a guest, uh, co-host to, to talk about that and, uh, and kind of, kind of get a beat. And I think depending on how long the break is between, um, the mid season finale and when we get started back up, we might do that. Um, and we might bring on a couple of different people to talk about resistance thus far to talk about other news. Cause we got to be getting a trailer sometime soon. We got to get some sort of teaser or the, or the, 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 uh, title reveal for episode nine. So I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles about this at the moment, but, uh, yeah, just to say like I, that relationship is something that I'll be paying very close attention to. Um, it's, it's interesting to me because Tam has given me a bit of a, um, non, oh, I'm trying to think, it, I guess, I guess the right word is queer. Like she's kind of just got a bit of that vibe, um, mm. in the sense that, and, and I don't know, maybe this is, this is why I'm kind of cagey about it. This is, this is a weird thing, but they haven't even, they haven't expressed anything in terms of like a romantic aspect between her and, and Kaz whatsoever. And to me, the, the obvious sort of, uh, um, gag direction to go with that character is for Kaz to want to impress her because he has wanted to impress her, but to want to impress her in like, um, I guess I'll say, I get like, so this is why I'm feeling this. I'm trying to like unpack this and remember back to early episodes as, as I talk about it. But Kaz and Tora have a little bit of like, uh, there's a little bit of a something there where mm-hmm. Kaz is trying to impress Tora, but he's trying to do it like, because she's a cute girl. Right. And then Kaz and, and Tam, it's like, there's none of that. They, it's there. It's there's zero percent. There's like negative ten percent, and and to me, it's almost because Tam is giving off a vibe that like she isn't even remotely interested in Kaz. Now, does that mean that she has to be a queer character in some respect? No, that doesn't. That just means that she doesn't like Kaz. Right. And I said to Crystal while I was watching the episode last night, as somebody referred to Kaz as an idiot or something like that, I was like, man, it's really hard for me to like your main character when the characters within the show don't like the main character. <laughs> like I really, I want to like Kaz more than I do because he is the main character. Um, and he has some good moments in this episode, but when so many of the main cast look at him and sort of like shake their head or, like like look at him with disgust it's like how are we supposed to how are we supposed to connect to him because i'm not connecting to him i'm connecting to honestly at this point like the characters i'm connecting to the most are tam Kragen, 
and uh, and 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 probably um, um, Yeager, right? Like those are the characters that I'm the most interested in. Those are the characters I want to spend time with. It's sort of I had the realization last night while I was watching this show would be a million times better if Tam were the main character. Mm. It, it, it just would be like, she's a stronger character. She's, uh, she has more of a heroic vibe to her. Like I just think that she's a better character. I, I, for that specific role. And then if you put Kaz and you put him sort of in a, on a, in the backseat and put him and, and, um, and, Niku off doing gags together uh, in the background, I think that would be much better. I think it would be a better show all around if that were the case. So I don't know. There's kind of all this stuff floating around in my head as I'm trying to figure out like, like what is this show to me? How do I relate to it? How do I get into it? And one of the biggest things is like, I just cannot get into this main character. And that's Mm. not to say that they, nobody is doing a good job with the character. It's just that like they're making choices that I don't, I don't relate to and I don't understand. And I know that other people like Kaz, other people find him endearing and, and cute and his hijinks are something that they look forward to, but that's just, it's just not working for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know, like for, for like for my money, Tam is the much more interesting character. I'd rather spend time with her learning about her backstory than I would. Um, Cause we're not learning about Kaz's backstory. All we're doing is learning about everybody else's story through Kaz. But anyways, right. well, that's the thing too. Like uh, in this episode we did, we did start to get that backstory and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting. I'd like to yeah. know more about what happened with her and, and hopefully we'll get that. And the same thing, like I'm, I'm on board with you. Like as, as, as the mystery behind Yeager is the thing that I'm really uh, most kind of connected with. I, I can't wait to find out more about what's going. You know, because we found out he's battled the Jakku and this. You know, I mean, he's been in this in this before. Um, so that's kind of why, for me, and his character is so interesting as well. Yeah. And, I like, and and who knows? You know, this this is the hero's journey for 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 Kaz, right? So it's just taken. It's just it's, it's a totally different. I think not. Maybe not totally different, but. It's definitely on a different curve than I guess we're kind of used to with with someone like Ezra or, or Luke or something like that. So it's 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 a it's tough. I, I, I totally get what you're talking about where it's going to pick any other character and go. That's almost more interesting than Kaz. But it's I really think, hard to get behind a hero who doesn't carry a blaster or a lightsaber. Yeah, um, yeah. He's not a good mechanic and it's a show about mechanics. Um <coughs> Sorry, this yeah. cold is starting to catch up to me. <clears throat> that 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 long monologuing uh, can be rough, but um, yeah, it's like you're you want me to focus on a character whose key ability is is the ability to fly a, a starfighter, and then you want to keep him out of a starfighter at all costs. Yeah, and yeah. it's like I just like like how am I supposed to how am I supposed to root for this guy? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, I was go back to what they say. They said about him. You know, he's supposed to be like a baby bird, hopping on the ground. But when he's in the air, etc. Right? And it's like, yeah, but like you guys won't put him in the air. This episode <laughs> is a perfect example. The aces are gone. the The defenses are down, 
now would have been a perfect time for Kaz to jump in the fireball and for them to be like, oh, but the fireball is not ready. And for him and BB-8 to get out there and start being heroes and and to show show his flying skills and BB-8's mechanic skills and like the sort of thing of like, oh, you know, like the weapon system isn't working, but BB-8 gets it working or, you know, like something happens and, and they have to, they have to improvise. And then we get to see how good of a pilot Kaz is. And it almost feels to me in almost in like so many of these episodes, that's where they were going. And then somebody said, no, we can't put, we can't put him in the fireball yet. Mm. Right. It's like, that's what they were building towards. And then they're like, no, 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 keep him out of the ship. We got to wait. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. I don't, I like, they're literally standing in front of the fireball, the pirates attack, and they're like, oh, no, we have to get this, the, the guns back online. And I'm just like, can Niku and, and Yeager not get the guns back online while Kaz and BB-8 get in the fireball? Like, can't that be a story? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was it, like that. That is my biggest criticism of this episode is that like you had a perfect opportunity for your hero to hero and you, you sidelined him again. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it is so apparent in every one of these episodes that he does not carry a weapon and it's conspicuous in star Wars. Everybody carries a weapon. Luke Skywalker farm boy in his land speeder carried a slug thrower. Yeah. Like he, he never uses it, but he's got it. Right. Mm -hmm. And like he has it for a reason because it's a dangerous galaxy. That's what we're meant to believe. Now, if it's not a dangerous galaxy, we need to play that angle up a little bit more. And everybody needs to not carry weapons. Right. And and granted, like Yeager doesn't carry a weapon. Tam doesn't carry a weapon. Niku doesn't carry a weapon. But they're mechanics. But if you're going to have pirates attack, I don't know. You just like it's it's I, I don't know. I, I it just. I'm puzzled by it. It's like there are so many things about this show that they're doing right that are Star Warsy, that are great, mostly with the villains. And then there are so many things where they're just like removing the Star Wars from Star Wars. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. it, it, it's I, I find it I find it puzzling. Yeah. to say the least let's continue with the episode so we well, talk because yeah, now, talking, now we've kind of discussed other stuff yeah yeah you talk about weapons here we go to talk about this uh, pirate attack go ahead uh where are we here this the pirate spy no yeah yeah the pirate spy immediately contacts Kragen, informing him that the aces are away and the colossus is defenseless good work sonara he says the crew hurries to finish repairs but it's too late the pirates have arrived tam runs off to help sonara while yeager and kaz work to get the cannons operational so this is the thing that's gonna that's gonna i think i i lend itself towards sonara becoming a hero eventually is that tam risks her life to, right. to make sure that sonara is okay the the thing that confuses me is that tam risks her life to make sure sonara is okay meanwhile other people are out there getting hurt and she doesn't really do much for them <laughs> like it's kind of like they're like you, you've been living on the Colossus with all these people for so long, and you don't care that like things are falling over on them and whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit funny to me, but but that's okay. yeah. Well, this is the pirate attack, and uh, definitely a cool little action sequence. You got Kaz, mm -hmm. um, and he talked about 
not having a weapon again, defenseless here, and he's just using his skill to try. You know, he's got the transdotion that's kind of coming after him with some type of vibroblade. It looks like uh, actually, actually, Yeager does use a blaster, and he blasts he does. the Yeager does yeah out of Kragen hands. So. He's the one that does have a blaster. We get to see him use it. But I was thinking the same thing. Like, man, how are they going to – they're really really skirting around any big-time violence uh, in this series so far. And, you know, we've got some hand-to-hand combat, some punches thrown, um, stuff like that, blaster fire. But it's all done very obviously G-rated. But 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 in any event, I, I thought that actually the action of this was pretty cool, seeing – yeah, uh, Nara do her thing. Tam helping her out. And that was the thing, right? That was the thing in this episode. Tam risked her life to help Sonara, and 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 Sonara just kind of suddenly realizes, or or, or kind of surprised by that, like, wow, you know, I didn't. That was that's kind of like the revelation, right? The bad guy finds out that you know, kind of turns and and sees someone do something good uh, or risk their life for them. Yeah, and none of that would have happened in the pirates. You know, they're off with themselves. So, uh, any any thoughts on the action of this, Mike? Uh, or Kaz actually uses like, I guess we're calling it a vibroblade. Uh, he kind of uses it against the transdotion at the end there. And yeah, it's it's it electrocutes him, right? So maybe it's like more yeah. an electro staff than a vibroblade. But there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I the action was great, and that's where that's where I say that this episode really started to turn stuff around for me. Um. We got really great action. We actually a lot of the jokes in this episode actually worked for me. Um. And and then the story with Sonara and Tam uh, works for me, and I'm interested in that. And and we're building towards this intrigue with the First Order and the pirates and Doza, right? Mm-hmm. So you put those three things together, and I and I would consider this to be a good episode. Um, yeah. And it is about like the interactions between these characters, and and when that actually gets to be interesting, and isn't just people not liking Kaz um, that that the show starts to shine and. It's beautiful, uh, start to finish, but there are some great moments with the pirates and and with some of the stuff going on in this one. So I, I think that they do, like from this point in the episode forward, I think they do a fantastic job. Yeah, well, we talked about Tam and Sonara. Here it is, uh, Tam reached the Sonara, who was shot <laughs> to, to save her. Meanwhile, Yeager and Kaz hold off Kragen and his minions and use a hover lift to ram the targeting computer into place. The weapon system is back online and the pirates flee Yeager says he's proud of Kaz for his effort, and Sonara seems touched by Tam's kindness. So, yeah, we kind of talked about that. This is all about the targeting computer. Once yeah. they got back online, the cannons are going to be able to fire. And once again, the uh, the pirates have to bug out because there's just no match after that. I mean, the only reason they're attacking is because the aces are gone and this targeting p- computer was out. Uh, and so it's easy pickings for these pirates. And, man, I'll tell you what, they were doing damage uh, as far as this, the pirates inside uh, – and outside, so not only in the outside, they're actually crash yeah. landing. They're you know kind of um, you know just kind of going through the place, taking whatever they want. Yeah, uh, like a oh, looting type situation. Wreaking so, havoc, yeah. Yeah, just wreaking havoc. So, but the targeting computer gets back online, and they're forced to uh, to evacuate. Mike, you want to finish it up here? Yeah. Uh, the uh, the attack over. Doza contacts Commander Pyre of the First Order. He says he will look at Pyre's proposal. Anything to stop the pirate raids. Pyre will come to the Colossus to oversee the details personally. So uh, the first order is coming to the Colossus. It's gonna, it's gonna be a problem. They're gonna, they're gonna cause a problem. That's yeah. that's what we're building towards, right? So, right. Yeah. And this, 
<clears throat> excuse me, the ending. Um, also, we got some some kind of exposition from from uh, Yeager, and he has a funny feeling about the events of this particular attack. And obviously, they talk about spies uh, aboard uh, the Colossus. And uh, I think I think Yeager makes some kind of comment about you know you're not you could you know you're probably not the only spy aboard the ship. So uh, obviously he he has his ideas of who he thinks uh, the spy is, and uh, it's got to be he's got to be talking about Sonara. But uh, what do you think, Mike? Is Sonara is she is she going to have a change of heart? Uh, Coming down the, these last episodes or the rest of the season, you see her changing her tune a little bit. I mean, obviously she does here. Yeah, is that going to be the end goal, or is there going to be a twist and she's going to go back? I don't know, but uh, you think obviously she's going to have a change of heart. I think so. I think I think that she's sort of seeing. Um, I, we don't know her backstory, so there's no way to know like sort of how she's motivated, why she is a pirate, all that sort of thing to know how. Our heroes are going to be able to flip that and uh, and 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 make her part of their crew, but I think it's very obvious that that's what's going to happen. Um, it's very telegraphed, but that's okay because the adventure is seeing how it happens, not that it happens. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I I I I, I think it's 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 going to be one of those those classic TV trope moments of. Mm. Um, uh, Tam and Sonara becoming friends, and then Tam realizing that Sonara is actually uh, uh, working with the pirates, and that and that she's betrayed them. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll have to we'll have to to see how that resolves itself. But um, yeah, yeah. And the introduction of or the the, the ending here with Commander Pyrus kind of interesting and yeah. commander has a proposal for doza he says uh, anything to get the pirates off the colossus so again like i talked about earlier this is um first order making its way uh throughout the galaxy now you know we know where they end up as far as the force awakens and all that but here we get mm-hmm. the first kind of this is where they're kind of wedging that you know getting that wedge in there and starting their their plan so this is uh, interesting to see what commander pyre what he's going to bring to the table Apparently next week or maybe a couple weeks after that, we'll see where they go. But um, yeah, I, I think this was okay. I I, lo- I liked the last episode uh, better than this one, but this one had that two-part kind of feel to it with the uh, emergence of Sonara and, and, and where kind of character arc goes. So we'll be interested to see where it goes from there. Mike, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we hit everything. I'll just I'll actually just jump into the mailbag because we do have a, a tweet <clears throat> yeah, from uh, sorry, from the Wookiee Gunner, uh, which uh, I believe this is probably from Jonah Marie, because um, she runs things over there at the Wookiee Gunner. Uh, and uh, but whoever it is writes so many great moments, definitely the ones shared by Tam and Sonara. Uh, I also love the part when Niku told Yeager about him and Bucket hiding, and Cav Kaz just waving goodbye at Sonara. Um, yeah, I mean, like that. This when I said that there were some gags that really worked for me in this week's episode. The one with with uh, Niku and Bucket at the end, when when uh, you know they're all they're all back in the in the hangar and uh, <clears throat> in the in the workshop, and 
And Niku's like, oh, you'll never believe what happened. It, uh, it's such a heroic story. Uh, I, you know, uh, they were, they were, pirates were knocking at the door. And Bucket and I heroically hid in the closet until they left. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, that. it was a good joke. It, that was a good gag. And then Kaz's sort of like, 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 uh, stupid happy-go-lucky grin as he waved uh, goodbye to Sonara was mm. too good. It was, it's enjoyable. Um, that's where I say, like, I think that he's better off as a secondary character rather than the main character. But yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of things. One, just one other thing I forgot to mention too was, uh, or, uh, Orca and Flix, um, mm-hmm. were in this episode too. And, and they had an interesting comment about where they get some of their parts. And they talked about waters beneath the surface of the Colossus. So yeah. that's kind of an interesting little thing there um, about where some of the parts they get. And I don't know if they're going to explore that uh, anytime in the future, but that interesting comment that they made about that. And always good to see those two back and kind of funny uh, shop owners down there. So, uh, but other than that, Mike, and uh, shoot, what's uh, anything going else going on next week, I guess we're talking about <clears throat> No, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just got next week uh, the platform classic. An upcoming race reunites Eager with his estranged brother Marcus, who needs to win to pay off his debt to a criminal organization. Um, so it looks like maybe we're taking a bit of a break from the main story with this one, but we'll see. We'll see what other kind of intrigue is going on in the Colossus. Well, but we yeah. might actually get to see some racing. Yeah, uh, and Yeager too, the, the, the character that yeah. I've. Obviously, have great interest in to see him possibly highlighted in this episode. We get so so. Let's break this down real quick. We got this one, and then I'm trying to think of we can get an idea of how many episodes are going to be in this first season. If we get this is this will be eight. Yeah. So we've got the platform classic right, and then we know that our last episode of the season uh, is December 9th. Let me take a look at this. So. So we've got December, what was it, 2nd and 9th, right? Right. With Secrets and Holograms and Station Theta Black. Let's open up the the calendar. So we've got this Saturday, Platform Classic. Yeah, so three episodes left in this uh, part of the season, at least. Um, Tracy Canobio did confirm on Twitter a little while ago, um, back in October, actually, and I just didn't see it. Um, and nobody really reported on it because nobody's really reporting on Star Wars Resistance, unfortunately, except for us. And right. if if Tim and I, if if Tim, Matt, and I miss it, then it gets missed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, I, she said that it is twenty two episodes the first season. Oh, so, it is. Okay, all right. Yeah, so we'll have. Um, if I look at that again, uh, we've got yeah seven, eight, nine, ten. It'll it, yeah, it's ten episodes to the end of the season and <clears throat> sorry, not to the end of the season, the first half of the season, but the recruit having been a double episode. So 10 slash 11 episodes. Gotcha. So that's the first half of the season. I'm guessing that we will have 10 on the back half of the season with the finale being a double episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty common, pretty, pretty standard, pretty far for uh, star Wars. So yeah. Uh, cool. Anything else? Uh, no, that, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast and on Instagram at rebelcells. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K, 
W-U-L-F, and Matt is at The Crankster. That's Crankster with a K. Uh, and you guys can also uh, check out all the other great podcasts uh, in the Thunderquack Podcast Network by heading to thunderquack.com. Uh, and if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. Um, it is Black Friday this week. Therefore, uh, the, the, the shop will have sales i guarantee it because it's through Redbubble. we don't control what those sales are but last year and the year before they did pretty good they did pretty good deals so um if you've had your eye on something now is the time i would go do that um check out what the the black friday sales are going on uh at uh, store.thunderquack.com uh this week and uh, and pick up some merch the other way to support us is by heading to uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack and chipping in over there with your monthly contribution. As little as a dollar a month gets you access to uh, all of our exclusive podcasts um, as well as the Facebook group, uh, the Thunderquack Facebook group for just for Patreon supporters. So um, there are other rewards at higher tiers as well, but those are the important ones. And uh, if you want to support us, uh, we would appreciate it. It keeps the lights on, it, it pays for hosting and all that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, go, uh, go, go support us there. Uh, buy some merch, check out the website, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Uh, and, uh, we will be back next week for the episode, the platform classic. Oh boy. <laughs> Just got through that. Yeah. Nice.